Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, tonight, as we celebrate Christmas together, um, we are going to be, as Pastor Paul said, taking different pieces of the evening. And um, my hope is that tonight that we don't get caught up in the traditions of Christmas and really miss the meaning of why we are here, the reason why we are celebrating Christmas together. It's the day that we celebrate the miraculous birth of Jesus. And even beyond that, my hope is that we don't just celebrate his birth, because many people celebrate the birth of Jesus, but my hope is, is that we actually encounter him through his, through his birth. And many of us have heard the Christmas story, you know, from, the, from Scripture, um, time and time and time again. We either, I have it on ornaments on my tree, it's on decorations in the stores, and most of us can probably even almost quote it at, at, from, uh, from time to time. And oftentimes, we read these passages, you know, we open the book on Christmas Eve as a tradition in my household, and it's almost like we read them as like they're pages from a, from a history book. And we think that different people who are in this story encounter Jesus differently than the way we do. And we have a hard time figuring out what it really means or even maybe even identifying with what the story actually is about. I don't know about you, but I've never witnessed the birth of a king in my life. I mean, maybe many of you are there as well, right? But in the story of this birth, Ordinary men and women encountered Jesus in the midst of some of the same circumstances that you and I may walk through. See, Jesus came to be in relationship with us no matter where we are, no matter who we are. And we read the story of the birth of Jesus in Luke 2. And the miraculous birth took place just as the prophet Isaiah had said in Isaiah 7.14. And it says this, it says, Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and we'll call him Emmanuel. Jesus came for the purpose, and one purpose alone, to be the Messiah for all. To be the Messiah for everyone. When the angel came to the shepherds, they said, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. They said it's good news that would cause great joy for all people. They didn't say a select few of people. They didn't say it would just be a select piece of people. He came as Messiah, rescuer, deliverer, savior, Emmanuel, God with all of us, for all of us. He came to encounter us, be in relationship with us, despite our sin, despite our shortcomings, despite, despite our thoughts, our imperfections. He came and was born with a sole purpose to provide you and I an opportunity to be in relationship with him. He is good news that brings great joy for all people. Tonight, we have an opportunity to encounter him through his birth. So as we continue tonight, I, would, I want to encourage you to invite him into the middle of what you're walking through right now. Into the middle of what you're, in the, in the middle of this Christmas season. His birth invites us to encounter him as our Messiah, as our Emmanuel. His birth changed the world. And encountering him through his birth can change your life tonight as well. Tonight, maybe Jesus feels far away. Maybe he feels like a distant historical figure. Remember that he didn't come to be a cute baby in a manger. 
He didn't come to be that historical figure that we can't identify with. He came as a baby to walk among us, to be with you, and to be with you tonight. Would you join me as we pray and we continue in this service? God, we thank you for being our Messiah, our Savior, to be with us as our Emmanuel. Tonight we invite you into the middle of our lives, into the middle of our family, into the middle of our homes, our celebration, our grief, into the middle of our thoughts, into the middle of this service. Would you be our Emmanuel, God with us, as we celebrate your birth tonight? We want to encounter you through this service. It's in your name I pray. Amen. As we continue, and we're going to sing, some, sing a song now, I would ask you to think about this thought. How has the birth of Jesus impacted your life? How has the birth of Jesus caused you to encounter him? Have you invited him to be close to you, to be in relationship with you? Have you invited him to be your Emmanuel and your Messiah? We have the opportunity to encounter Jesus, not just through his birth, but through his word. We read in the book of John, chapter 1, verse 14, it says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He didn't just pass us by, he came and lived among us. Jesus being born was the word of God becoming flesh and being among his creation. Throughout the gospels, we see Jesus in the flesh speak the word of God, speak his words, using the words from the Old Testament. It was the word of God's that through the prophets foretold the birth of Jesus. It was through his word that we see those prophecies fulfilled. It was the word of God that Jesus spoke that changed the life of those that he encountered. It was Jesus' very words that healed the sick, that raised the dead, and that changed the course of history. Encountering the word of God reminds me of Simeon from the, from, from the Christmas story, the birth of Jesus in, in Luke 2. And I think that oftentimes we miss this piece of the story. See, Simeon, he knew the word of God. He knew what was written about the birth and the Messiah and how it was to come about. And he was in a season of waiting for the Messiah to be born. And it says in Luke 2, verse 25, it says, Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought the child, Jesus, to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for, a light for revelation to the Gentiles, and the glory of your people Israel. See, Simeon's life was changed because he encountered the word of God. And many of us this Christmas may be able to identify with Simeon. We have encountered the word of God in the midst of waiting maybe for, for a promise to come to pass. In this time of year, we read titles uh, that we see throughout, we see in scripture about Jesus, like the name Wonderful Counselor, 
mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Yet maybe in this season, you might be not experiencing peace in your life. Or maybe there's decisions that need to be made and and you need direction. And you're saying, hey, where's my wonderful counselor right now? Or maybe you're fighting a battle, physical, emotional, even spiritual. And we're saying, mighty God, I need you to fight on my behalf. Or maybe you feel lonely and abandoned. And we say, where is my everlasting father? His words challenges us in the way that we live our lives. His word challenges us in our response to life. In the word of, it's the word of God that renews our mind. It's the word of God that speaks peace into the storm of life. It gives guidance in every situation. It's the word of God that is our sword to fight with. It says he's the father to the fatherless and a friend that sticks closer than a brother. That he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. For Simeon, he finally had peace when he encountered the word of God in the flesh, Jesus. His waiting was over. As we encounter the word of God, it will transform our lives. Simeon's life was transformed. And that's why he was able to say, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Messiah dwells with us today. Tonight, as part of our service, Johnny Sorrow has written a poem from the perspective of Simeon. And as he reads it, I would challenge you to think about this. Have you allowed the word of God to transform you? As we journey this Christmas season, how have we responded to the word of God that we see all around us? The years of my life have been many. The tears for my people the same. Thus far have I come in pursuit of my God and have longed for my life to proclaim to this nation, O Israel, who has so long remained in the shackles of sin and the dungeons of shame, that through all these years and great myriad tears, I've believed in the Lord's holy name. He besought me to come to his temple this day, And along all the way, I pondered his way. I teemed with the wonder of the words he might say. For in the days of my youth, I had heard from the Lord, and he told me great things, things ne'er since implored. He told me of a death coming to life one near day, and the night that would soon turn to bright shining day. Of a time when Messiah would evermore reign, and all the world's pain would then wash away. And oh, how he'd blessed me, the lowly man of sin, so much as to say that I should live on to see Messiah's way. Messiah is born. O Yeshua, blessed child, great Messiah, infant king, for you God called me here, O oasis, O desert spring, who shall ransom captive Israel from hell and death's sting and for whom I will cry nay, for whom I will sing Emmanuel Emmanuel Messiah dwells with us today Emmanuel Emmanuel may my life hold fast to Yeshua's way my body is worn and my spirit is old and my eyes begin to fail 
but I have seen Messiah, infant king, and I will kneel to rest before whom all will hail. Hark the herald, angels sing. You may be seated. Hark the herald, angels sing. Glory to the newborn king. Hark is an old word that that literally means to listen, right? To pay attention. And I was thinking about this as I have a, I have a son, right? And if I want him to listen to me, I don't usually use the word hark, right? How many of you guys use that with your children? Hark! You know, like they would look at you and be like, you're barking like a dog? Like, what's going on? But it means pay attention. And the writer of this psalm puts his message from the perspective of the shepherds who saw the angels in the field. See, for us, Christmas time's about what we get sometimes, right? Our, our American culture is very much at Christmas. We celebrate what we got. As, as a church, though, we get to celebrate what we got, God in the flesh. And see, since the creation of the world, Adam and Eve, Moses, the prophets, all of them desire for God to come to earth to stay. And we celebrate Christmas because 2,000 years ago, he did just that. He came back. He came to earth so that you and I could be in relationship with him. God wrapped himself in flesh and sent his son to be born in a manger. Like we talked about earlier. See, there were no lights or no fanfare. There wasn't an awesome worship band like there is here tonight. It was just Mary and Joseph in a, in, in a stable. Emmanuel, God with us, was born. And I think again about those angels that appeared to those shepherds, the first, the first people to actually be told of the birth of the Savior, the birth of Jesus. See, the shepherds were the least likely people to have an angelic visitation and be told of the birth of Jesus. To be told about the birth of a king. Shepherds were the lowest class of society, They were the ultimate unskilled laborers, if you were to think about it that way. Yet God chose them to be the first to hear about the birth of the Messiah. The song says, Hark the herald angels sing, glory to the newborn king. The shepherds must have been amazed at all the celebration going on over the birth of a baby. The angels proclaim glory to God in the highest, which means God deserves the highest praise for this baby that has been born. Greatest praise. Greatest praise. Think about everything else the angels had witnessed. They, had to, they were firsthand witnesses to everything else that God had done. Through his words, he spoke and said, let there be light. And he spoke galaxies into existence. He spoke the universe into place. Astronomers tell us there's about 3 million trillion stars. Now, I don't know if any of you have actually sat and counted them. I have not. I'm going to go with what the astronomers are saying. That's three with 24 zeros after it. And I don't know for you, but 3 million trillion stars, and I start saying million, trillion, billion, it all sounds the same. But put this in perspective. Think about this for a second. One million seconds ago, was Monday, December 12th, about 11 and a half days ago. 
A billion seconds ago was April 15th, 1991. That was the year Home Alone came out, the best Christmas movie ever. And there's probably some of you in this room tonight that aren't even a billion seconds. Oh, I know there's many of you in this room tonight that aren't even a billion seconds old yet. A trillion seconds was 31,688 years ago. A million seconds, 11 days. A trillion seconds, almost 32,000 years. Think about that. The angels had front row seats to see that many stars, galaxies, universes, the earth, you and I, be spoken into existence. But that's not what they thought to give God the highest praise for, to give God the greatest praise, glory in the highest. It's what we talked about earlier. God born in flesh. They said, veiled in flesh the Godhead see, hail incarnate deity, pleased as man, with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel. The greatest glory that God displayed was not in creation, creating galaxies and three million trillion stars, but in his decision to send his son to come as a baby and dwell among his creation, live a sinless life, and die for sinners. God came and lived among us and ultimately took our place. Why would God do this? Why would he do this? See, the truth is, is that we were traitors. Creation sending and turning their back on the creator. And he traded the life of his one and only son to pay a debt that we deserved. The angels say, Hail the heaven born prince of peace. Hail the son of righteousness. Light and life to all he brings. Risen with healing in his wings. The angels had seen God's power to create from a word. Three million trillion stars, galaxy, earth, you and I. But they were more amazed at the mercy Jesus showed to rebellious sinners and his power to heal them. Greater than the power of all those stars is God's power to put our lives back together after sin has messed it up. The song says, Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give them second birth. This is where the word becomes reality. See, reality is that you and I were doomed. We deserved punishment for our sins. Romans says that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The gospel is this. That God in his goodness sent his son with a purpose. Jesus came to save us. Jesus came to offer forgiveness to us. You see, underneath our religious, you know, maybe goodness, our moral makeup, we are rebellious sinners, each one of us. You say, Pastor Rob, it's Christmas Eve. Well, Christmas Eve, Eve. Like, can you really say that? That's kind of harsh. But let's look into our hearts deep down, right? Haven't we all assumed that we know best how to run our lives, maybe better than God? Haven't we preferred to make ourselves the focus and the center point of our lives? Haven't we all thought that our will might be better than God sometimes? See, that's 
moral insanity, and since we're talking about stars, that's cosmic treason. And the penalty for that is death. And I know it's popular to see ourselves as basically good people with blind spots or weaknesses or, you know, good intentions or hidden potential. But that's not what God's word says. The Bible says that we are traitors to God under the curse of death. There's only two ways that that curse can be resolved and that debt paid. We suffer separation from God forever or Jesus in his great love absorbs it in our place. See, that's the purpose. That's the true meaning of what Christmas is about. That Jesus came to die on a cross absorbing the curse of sin in my place. The creator dying in place of the created. The song goes on to say, Mild he lays his glory by, born that men no more may die. I know that in our culture, it's, it's popular to say that all roads lead to heaven, right? Like, all roads get to the same place. But the Bible says that salvation is found in no one else. That there's only one name under heaven, given among men, but among men by which men must be saved. That's through Jesus. Jesus said himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And every other religion teaches that you can save yourself if you're good enough, or you work hard enough, or you're religious enough. But the Word of God teaches us that we can't save ourselves. Jesus did. And he will save us and offer us forgiveness if we will receive him. He offers forgiveness to each one who calls on his name. See, I see it like this. If I can't swim, and I'm in, in, the, in the water, and you're on the boat deck, and you have a lifesaver and an anvil, and you ask me, which one do you want? And I say, it doesn't matter. Just throw me one. That's crazy, right? How you guys say that's crazy, right? You're with me tonight? That's pretty crazy. It makes a big difference which one. I want, right? Religion says try harder, be better. Jesus came in his messages, I did it for you. I did what you could never do. Receive that as a gift this Christmas. Hark, listen. Forgiveness is your lifesaver. Jesus came, he was born, and the world in that moment was changed. And throughout his word, Lives were changed because they encountered him through his words, through his ministry, through relationship with him. And tonight, that message to you from the shepherds, from his word, from me, and maybe from the person who's sitting next to you that you invited you to the service tonight, is this. Hark. Listen. He came to encounter you. He came to be in relationship with you. He came to offer you forgiveness in his goodness hark listen he's speaking to you maybe he's trying to wake you up maybe he's trying to draw you to himself would you stop for a moment let's just close our eyes in this moment and let's listen close our eyes would you let the rush and stress of this Christmas season fade for just a second and listen 
put aside for a minute all of your objections and listen. God is telling you, you can never be good enough. But he loves you so much that he sent his son. He left heaven for you and did work to offer you forgiveness, to offer you salvation, to be your Messiah. Listen to his voice. Receive the gift. Just keep your eyes closed for a minute. Maybe you're here tonight and you're ready to hark. You're ready to listen to to his voice. Tonight as we sit in our seats and sit in this quiet, reflective moment, maybe you would pray a prayer that something like this that would say, Jesus, you have promised that if I believe in you, everything I have done would be forgiven. I confess my sin. I ask you to be my savior. I ask you for forgiveness. I ask you to be my Messiah. I trust in you. Nothing that I can do on my own will bring about a relationship with you. Jesus, tonight I give you my life. I'm turning over my life to you and I'm listening. I commit my life to you. I ask you to bring me into relationship with you tonight. You are my Lord. In your name I pray. Amen. My prayer for you all tonight is that we all recognize that Jesus came for us to encounter us, to be in relationship with us, to change us through his birth, through his word, and through offering us forgiveness. God in his goodness wants to encounter and be in relationship with each one of us, his creation. And finally, when we look at the shepherds, when they heard the angels and they responded, they went to the place where Jesus was born, what did they do? It says that they they worshiped. And so tonight, we're gonna continue the service by responding and worshiping to God for his goodness that makes a way for us to be in relationship with him and to encounter forgiveness for our sins.